You're listening to the Oddscast, the original UFC betting podcast that's straight to the point. Hosted by leading MMA oddsmaker Nick Kalikas and MMA journalist Brian Hemminger, they provide you the absolute best UFC betting info, picks, statistics, and analysis from the most respected authority in mixed martial arts betting. MMAoddsbreaker.com. Don't place your wagers without us. Welcome to the Combate Cast, presented by BetDSI. I'm Brian Hemminger, joined today by leading mixed martial arts oddsmaker Nick Kalikas to break down this Friday's Combate 52 event, which takes place in Stockton, California. Nick creates the opening betting odds for Combate events, so he'll break down the seven fights with betting odds on this card, providing extensive analysis and a pick for those fights after doing film study and research for the event. Combate 52 will air on TV networks Axis, Univision, and TUDN in Mexico with live streaming of the undercard on Facebook Watch this Friday night. Let's dive right in. Now, kicking things off, we have a middleweight contest between Saad Ul-Hassan, who is 2-4, and four, and Joseph Vidalis, who is 3-2. Now, Nick, where did you open this fight, and how has the public shifted things so far? I opened Vidalis, minus 260, the comeback on Ol Hassan, plus 200. Right now, looking at the market price, we're seeing minus 245, minus 258, minus 260 on the non-best screen. So it looks like line is holding steady for right now. Two-way action is coming in. Nothing crazy. It's a tough matchup because you guys, two guys that are definitely still up-and-comers, and as far as the MMA world goes, of course, Vidalis is uh, 35 years old. He's kind of the, the guy that kind of got the late start in his MMA career, but he is a striking-based fighter. He's had, of course, a background in striking uh, prior to his MMA career where Ol Hassan is the young gun. He's 26 years old. Um, so he's getting some experience for his young age, of course, as well. So, But again, they're both growing in careers, and they're both kind of developing their skill sets. Style-wise, this should be interesting because I think in this matchup, even though Ol Hassan is a pretty well-rounded fighter, he's going to want to get this t- fight to the floor and really try to exploit Vidalis on the ground because if any – kind of weakness at this point in his game it is the ground game because he's more of a striking based fighter he does have accuracy um, he's got some power as well and Ol Hassan defensively there is a concern with him um, I think there is a, you know a concern with his chin as well and matching up with a guy like Vidalis that can deliver that knockout blow it's probably not a good scenario for him here in this spot as well so tough one to bet because again these guys are still raw they're still developing their games but I do lean towards Vidalis I think he probably does land that kill shot and put Hassan out along the way now as far as a betting window goes again tough spot that's why the line's not going crazy either way i think a lot of people are going to probably be cautious about this fight and so am i so i wouldn't recommend to play either way but i do think vidalis gets the knockout win now dropping down to a 165 pound catch weight we have art hernandez who is four and four taking on luis koske who is five and oh now nick what's the mma odds makers perspective on this one Alpenkoski minus 1600, the comeback on Hernandez at plus 800. Man, that's right. I know it's a crazy high number right now. And at the Don Best screen across the market, we're seeing Koski still minus 1500, minus 1300s. Line margins have tightened up a little bit. Uh, plus 900 is a comeback on the other side. So it's basically staying ballpark to where I opened it despite the line dropping a little bit as far as the favorite goes down to 1300 in some spots. So Koski, a huge favorite for a reason. This guy's a beast. I urge you guys to go check out some of his fights. I mean, he's really an exciting prospect. He's only 24 years old. Um, 
really, if you look at him, his striking looks great. I mean, really fun to watch. His high kicks are awesome. He's got good wrestling to back that up as well. Good ground and pound. And he's got submissions as well. So he's really the total package at this point. Now, again, he has to get tested. He does have to continue to fight decent competition and kind of work his way up a little bit and get more experience. Um, he's going to be 11 years younger than Hernandez as well. So obviously, as everything points out, he's got a lot going for him. And that's why he's opening um, such a high favor, but let it be known that I think that Hernandez is definitely the toughest opponent Koski has faced to date. So this is going to be a stern test, despite the huge number here. I mean, this is definitely going to be the hardest fight of Koski's career. That said, I think obviously he does pass his test and with flying colors, obviously, because it's such a high price. I think it's right. And we are going to attract some action on the sports books with the underdog, which I think is going to be okay for the most part as well. Because again, Arturo Hernandez, Art Hernandez, he's a pretty savvy vet. I mean, he's definitely a decent fighter overall. He's got good jujitsu. His wrestling's not really that bad. But the problem with me is he's a bit slow on the feet. Um, defensively, he is a concern a little bit as well. So he's hittable. And with the, the pressure and pace that Koski sets, I think he's just going to be a little bit too slow to get out of the way. And honestly, I think Koski's going to kind of just run him over. So I think Koski's striking is going to be way too much. And Hernandez is not going to be able to kind of put up with that kind of pressure, despite him being a very solid, savvy vet. So the line is high for a reason. I think Koski continues to look good and shine. And this is a um, you know, winnable fight, obviously, for him. And he should get it done. So under one and a half is also around minus 170 or so. Um, out there, I believe closer to minus 200 as well. So I think, you know, that's for a reason. I don't think this fight's going to go into, uh, round two, to be honest with you. So I think Koski gets it done in round one and uh, make sure you don't miss this fight. It should be fireworks. Now, dropping down to the lightweight division, we have Alejandro Sanchez, who is six and one, taking on Cameron Church, who is two and oh. Now, Nick, where did you open this fight and how has the public shifted things so far? I opened Cameron Church minus 220, the comeback on Alejandro Sanchez at plus 170. This is going to be another awesome scrap. I mean, action-packed fight from, uh, I think, start to finish because both these guys can bring it, especially on the feet. Um, I mean, obviously, they got well-rounded skill sets in their own right, but uh, on the feet, these guys love to stand and bang. Alejandro Sanchez is a little bit more of the technical fighter, I think, a little bit more of uh, the skill technician, sort of say. It has a little bit of power to go along with it as well. Um, does tend to get wild at times. Cameron Church, now it's not like he's a sloppy, aggressive slugger or anything like that, but he is kind of one of these guys that likes to just stand and bang, sit in the pocket, and just put that pressure on you until you wilt under that pressure. So that's why this is going to be an exciting fight. I mean, both these guys can deliver. I mean, like I said, you don't want to miss this one either. This is going to be an exciting card from top to bottom. Kabate did another great job matching this card up. So needless to say, I'm excited about this fight. So, cause like I said, it should be fireworks from start to finish. So again, getting into Cameron church a little bit. He, like I said, high pressure fighter, no BS at all. I mean, he just pushes forward, throws hard punches, elbows, kicks, um, you know, I think overall, he just is one of those guys that you don't want to face. I mean, he's, he's tough as nails. If you, you could put him, you could take him down and you can get him on the ground, but he manages to get back up and then starts putting that pressure back on you. And Alejandro Sanchez, in most cases, isn't the type of guy that's going to be able to get him to the floor and, you know, kind of utilize that game plan. He likes to stand and bang in his own right. So he might try here, though. That said, Alejandro Sanchez is a pretty decent cider, uh, fighter as well. He comes from the famed, um, Antram gym in Mexico. Uh, his level of competitions, it's decent. I was, you know, at this point of his career, he hasn't fought exactly all bums or anything like that. He's fought decent competition overall. He's durable. He's got decent conditioning. 
Um, and when he lets his hands go, man, I mean, he's definitely fun to watch as well. So that's why this is going to be fireworks overall. So it's going to be a tough one to bet. I, I originally going into this fight before I started really getting, uh, digging too much into it. I, I was leaning towards Sanchez, but then after the research, honestly, I swayed myself towards Cameron Church with that pressure and that pace. I think he is going to get it done. It's a tough one to bet because I think these guys are going to be winging some bombs back and forth and uh, you never know. I mean, the first person that lands clean can end it, but I do lean towards Cameron Church. So if this line moves significantly, Either way, um, right now it looks like it is staying about market price to where I opened it as well, uh, minus 220 or so. So I would leave it alone where it's at now. But if this line dips too much under 2 to 1, then it's probably worth a bet on church. Or if it dips crazy high and uh, the price, the dog price gets higher on Alejandro Sanchez, then you need to probably take a small stab at him as well. So depending on where the line goes from here, it's where you need to bet. So I like this fight. I'm going to pick Cameron Church to get it done, but it should be an exciting one. Now, dipping down to a 140-pound catchweight, we have Dan Argueta, who is 3-0, taking on Roger Severson, who is 3-3-1. Now, Nick, what's the MMA oddsmaker's perspective on this one? I open Argueta minus 385 to come back on Severson at plus 275. And right now, what we're seeing over on the Donbass screen market prices, Argueta down to minus 260 to come back on Severson at plus 200. So, Needless to say, people coming in on Severson, the underdog, this should be another exciting fight. Severson is a really good fighter. He's He's got one of those kind of, I mean, for being a 500 type of fighter, 33 years old, he's better than his record indicates. Definitely better than a 500 type of fighter. If you watch him, he's exciting. The guy has a point fighting kind of karate style on the feet that can be very effective. Um, he's not easy to deal with on the feet. And again, he puts some pressure and pace on you as well. Despite that kind of karate angles and movement he has, uh, he's very effective utilizing that as well. His footwork is excellent. He's got speed and power to go along with it. And he's fight really decent level competition thus far. So there's a lot to like about Severson. So I understand why people came in on Severson as well, but Obviously, I'm leaning a little bit more towards Argueta in this spot here overall. Um, he's undefeated as a pro. I do like that about him. I think he's one of these guys that's kind of short, powerful. He's got that wrestler's frame. Um, he, he's basically this aggressive spark plug that's just kind of a wild man on the feet. But he uses that to close the distance and get takedowns and really gets to work. Um, once he does that. So this is not going to be an easy fight for him, but I think this is the kind of fight that Agueda is going to kind of be able to neutralize Severson, kind of slow him down a little bit, not let him work that karate point fighting uh, striking style that he likes to work a little bit and, and just kind of shut him down, shut his game playing down, put him against the cage, try to get some takedowns as well. Um, so I really like what I see from Argueta, despite Severson being a tough opponent and probably the toughest opponent to date for Argueta. I think he could kind of mix it up and he's a better, a pure mixed martial artist at this point as well. So, I mean, like I said, his power on the feet is no joke, even though Severson is probably the better striker. I think Argueta is a better mixed martial artist. And I think that's, what's going to come through here for him as well. So I think a little bit of value obviously is going to open up on Argueta. I wouldn't go crazy here. Um, like I said, at the opening price, it was probably dog or pass situation, but as this fight continues to dip down, maybe a small unit play on Argueta uh, would be justified as well. Or throwing Argueta in a parlay for me personally for fun or something like that. I wouldn't uh, kind of knock that going that route with this fight at all. So I think Argueta gets it done. Uh, this should be another great fight. Looking forward to it. And again, kind of watch where this betting line goes to make your play. Now moving back up to the lightweight division, we have Hugo Lusion, who is three and five, taking on Samuel Alvarez, who is four and three. Now, Nick, where did this fight open, and how has the public shifted things so far? 
How about Alvarez minus 285, the comeback on Lujan at plus 215. And right now what we're seeing over at the Donbass screen is about minus 300 for Alvarez. Um, the comeback plus 240, still 285, 225 is out there. Line margins have tightened up. So basically still around three to one for Alvarez over Lujan. I think this is another great fight. I mean, Alvarez, the alley cat as he's known. Um, it's a fitting nickname, man. The guy comes a scrap. I mean, he's like, Really, the typical Caesar Gracie fighter. I mean, you know, the Diaz brothers and that sort of kind of skill set mindset. The guy, I mean, he just comes forward looking to attack, trying to get this fight to the floor as well. And once he does, he's got a pretty decent ground game to go along with it. So this guy is a well-rounded fighter, still developing his game, getting better, um, aggressive, powerful. So he should be the rightful favorite in this fight. Lujan, he's no joke. I mean, again, he's a type of fighter that I think you got to look beyond his record. Uh, he's better than his record indicates. He is a Bellator veteran veteran as well. He had actually some success there um, under the Bellator umbrella as well. Faced decent competition throughout his career. He's kind of tough and tricky to deal with because he's long rangy on the feet. He's got some solid takedowns in his own right. Um, and he's been fighting, you know, out of a decent camp uh, for his whole career. And he's the type of guy that's kind of patient, not overly aggressive. So he's got a lot of things going for him. And I think that, you know, in this spot here, he's going to probably be a tough fight for Alvarez. But I think overall, again, Alvarez is going to mix it up, be the probably the more aggressive fighter and look to take this fight to the floor and on the ground. I think Alvarez does have the advantage there as well. So this is going to be close. It's again not going to be an easy one to bet either, despite uh, you know the current odds here being three to one. I think it's probably going to be a little bit more competitive than that. So it's a dog or pass situation at this point. Um, you know, if if the public didn't come in on Lohan, um, I would probably stay away from it. If the line drops, because I do lean towards Alvarez in this fight, I'm picking him to win this fight. So I would be looking for a bet towards him. But if the line doesn't drop, I wouldn't uh, bet it. So this is one of those fights that I think the line's appropriately set and it's still staying appropriately set. So um, it's a pass situation for me, but I do think Alvarez gets it done. So another grid fight. I'm going to pick Alvarez to win probably by submission if he does get it to the ground along the way. If not, then I think he grinds out a tough um, decision type of win. So the pick is Alvarez. Now, dropping down to the featherweight division, we have Javier Reyes Rugelis Blair, who is eight and three, taking on Joe Neal, who is six and four. Now, Nick, what's the MMA oddsmakers' perspective on this one? I opened Neal minus one fifty-five to come back on Reyes Rugelis at plus one twenty-five. Um, he's more, I think he's better known as Javier Reyes, more so in combate, so we'll go by Reyes here. So Reyes versus Neil, more so. So again, I open Neil minus 155, the comeback on Reyes at plus 125. We're looking at the market price right now on the Don Best screen. We are seeing Neil about minus 155, minus 150 out there, minus 145. So line staying about um, ballpark to where my opener was again. And it is a very competitive fight, and there is going to continue to be two-way action in this fight. I think looking at this fight immediately, the more attractive side is Javier Reyes. He's going to be the bigger physical fighter as far as – I mean, he's the more natural – heavier fighter. He's the more natural featherweight. Uh, he's fought up, I, I believe, the lightweight as well, whereas Neil has fought down to bantamweight. Um, and, and, of course, this fight is at featherweight, so he's fighting up a weight class as well. But Neil is not necessarily a weakling in, in his own right. I mean, this guy's a very solid fighter. He's got that wrestling background, so he, he does have that kind of a decent frame to go along with, it, and he's powerful, so he's not um, a slouch by any means. So I think he's going to be just fine despite kind of fighting the bigger opponent and uh, Javier Reyes in this spot. He's not going to get out muscled is what I'm trying to spit out here with Neil. So, but that being said, that kind of is 
one of the skeptical parts about this fight for me because Ryaz is going to be naturally the bigger fighter. Ryaz is the type of fighter that likes to uh, fight and get this fight to the ground and not wrestle his opponents and utilize his ground game. I think the ground is definitely his best attribute. And once he gets rolling and he gets the, uh, his opponents to the floor, he is definitely a smooth operator. He's capable of doing some good things, getting position where he wants to, dropping some ground to pound, and then looking for the submission. So Ryaz is no joke. you got to take him serious um, as far as the ground goes. I think on the feet, he's still developing. At times, he looks pretty good. At other times, you know, defensively, he gets hit and he starts kind of wilting under that pressure a little bit on the feet. And if he can't get the fight to the floor, then it could be problematic for him. Um, and he can get put on his back. Off his back, he's okay. I mean, he does look for subs, looks, tries to get up, of course, but he can be controlled a little bit as well. So that's what I think is going to happen here. I think Neil is actually the better, more well-rounded fighter of the two, despite, again, Ryas having some natural physical attributes over Neil. I think Neil is going to be... A little bit more solid overall. I think his wrestling is going to come into play here. He's probably going to get Reyes on his back. I think Neil is good enough to stay out of submission problems once he does get top position, and he's going to be able to ground and pound his way um, to have some success there as well. And I think even on the feet, Neil's going to probably have the stand-up edge um, slightly as well. So I think even if this fight doesn't hit the floor, Neil's going to have the edge. If it does hit the floor, I still lean Neil's way. He just has to be careful because, again, Reyes does have kind of a slick ground game as well. So that said, I do lean towards Neil. I think he gets it done. I think he's going to be a little bit too much um, for Ryze at this point. And I should say, I mean, Neil's background, he does have, um, you know, Bellator under his banner as well. So he is a Bellator vet. So he has a, some decent experience um, in other big organizations like Combate itself as well. So outside of Combate, um, you know, Neil, again, coming from a decent camp, there's a lot to like about him. And I think despite his six and four record, this is going to go on. This is the type of fighter that can go on a roll and uh, put together some decent wins here and, and kind of change his career. Because right now, again, he's more than a 500 fighter. That's for sure. And I think he can look good. And it starts off here at this fight. So the pick is Neil to win probably um, grinds out a decision win because rise is pretty tough, but I think we're going to see some good stuff from Neil. Now, moving on to the main event, we have Marlon Gonzalez, who is 15-4-2, taking on Horatio Gutierrez, who is 6-3. Now, Nick, where did you open this fight, and how has the public shifted things so far? My initial thought was I got to open Gutierrez, the favorite in this fight, because that's where everybody's going to probably want to come in and, and kind of go that way for sure. But after digging into it, a little bit deeper. This is going to be an awesome scrap. So this, a pick'em, I think, was a justifiable opening line because I think as this fight progresses a little bit, Gutierrez is going to have his hands full. And I think Gonzalez is actually the better striker overall in this matchup. And that's kind of what Gutierrez's bread and butter is. So again, I think this fight's going to go back and forth and it's going to be an awesome competitive fight. So I did open it exactly a pick'em, minus 115 either way. And I, I thinking that the public would probably bet Gutierrez up a little bit and that's going to open up some value for me on Gonzalez, uh, slightly. So exactly what happened. Cause right now what we're seeing at the Donbass screen is Gutierrez minus 160, minus 165 out there, as high as 170. So it's been bouncing back and forth. Gutierrez did kind of spike up to like 170-ish, and then it dropped back down a little bit. Gonzalez got some action, and I think we'll continue to kind of see this trend. But overall, what you're seeing in this fight is Gutierrez is definitely the more popular fighter, the more well-known fighter, of course, being the ultimate fighter, uh, veteran, and, and just having that respect because people know that, you know, he's had some success in the UFC with his knockout power. Um, he, he's put that on display, of course. I mean, it's been in the spotlight. Of course, he's coming off a huge win in Kabate his, his last time out as well. Um, that was very impressive. 
So I think there's a lot to like about Gutierrez right now, and I understand why people are coming and backing him and made him the favorite in this fight. But Gonzalez on the other side of it, I think you guys got to look at him a little bit closer, man. This guy is a very good technical striker. He's got finishing capabilities. I mean, with all the tools, right? and I'm talking about his knees, his elbows, of course, his hands and feet. Um, but he's a bit of a slow starter, and I think that's what kind of people don't like about him. He can be tentative at times on the feet. But once he gets in a rhythm and he gets going, man, he's hard to stop. Um, so he does have a little bit of wrestling and some ground and pound and you know, of course, he's improving um, that aspect of his game. He's a uh, brown belt, I believe, in kickboxing overall. Um, and he's from a family of athletes, what, what I like about him as well. So, I mean, he's just an athletic guy that's got some speed, got some, uh, again, physical attributes that I like in this fight as well. He's not going to be smaller. I think he's going to be possibly a little bit longer than Gutierrez as far as pure reach goes as well. So, I think Gonzalez is going to hang in there again. He's kind of a slow starter, so I wouldn't be surprised if he loses round one. But man, when once this guy finds his grooves, I think he's going to probably start taking over this fight and possibly um, either hurt Gutierrez and, and put him out of there uh, or steal the decision from him as well. So I'm going to come in on the other side. So everybody went Gutierrez's way. I can respect that. You guys might be right because, man, he's been on a roll and he's got such – amazing knockout power and even his ground game is getting better but i think as this fight progresses gonzalez is going to take over and we're going to see him shine in this fight and people are going to know who he is once this fight's done so i'm going to take a little bit of, of the dog action here with gonzalez obviously the books are probably going to need gonzalez to win as well so i'll ride with that side we'll see what happens it should be a good fight though either way um if i'm wrong you know, so be it. There's more fights ahead, but I, I do think that this is going to be an action-packed card from top to bottom, and this main event is not going to be a letdown at all. This is going to be an awesome fight. Both of these guys are extremely talented. You don't want to miss out. So, again, hats off to Kabate. Great card. Uh, you know, looking forward to it. So my pick for this main event is going to be Gonzalez to pull off the upset, and, and uh, stay tuned to see how it all kind of plays out. So that'll do it for our breakdown for Kabate 52 in Stockton. Special thanks to BetDSI. Good luck, everyone, and hopefully the betting gods are on your side this weekend.